0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Dr. Wright Breaks It Down for You. My name is Jessica, and I'm here with my dad, as always, Dr. Wright. Hey, Dad. Hello, Hello, Jessica. (laughs) You know, summer is upon us, and a couple weeks ago, we all went down to Florida and swam in the ocean. The water is just so beautiful down there, and while my dad, my mom, and I were body surfing, we came across a riptide, and I didn't know what was happening i didn't know what it was but my dad pointed it out
1: rip tides can be very very dangerous sometimes they're called rip currents and this is something i have a great deal of experience in because having been in the ocean so much you see them and even the experienced surfers and experienced divers really have to be aware about what's going on it's nothing to play with nationally lifeguards rescue about sixty thousand people from drowning with eighty percent of those caused by these rip tides And tragically, over 100 people are killed in riptides every year. And the saddest part is they're really pretty easy to identify, and they're really pretty easy to get out of if you know what you're doing.
0: So what exactly is a riptide? Where does it come from?
1: Well, you know the old adage, what goes up must come down?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, riptides follow the same rules. What goes in must come out. Most waves are created from energy from wind blowing across the ocean. Now, these waves that are created by the winds move vast amounts of water, towards the shore and make waves and they crash on the beach. The water that hits the beach pushes up the shore and then flows back into the sea, in and out. Right. Sometimes, however, because of the shape of the bottom of the surf area, the powerful waves of water moving towards the shore don't just move back in and out, but they take a deadly turn. All the water carried up the beach gets dumped back, but it flows out on a single underwater channel in a kind of a funneled river and this water flows out to sea, and it's called a riptide.
0: Oh, so it doesn't flow back in ever, it just keeps flowing back out?
1: Right, it's almost like a circle. The waves flow in, they turn either right or left, and they go out through a channel.
0: I see, since it's part of a circle, it's all moving kind of on a track, it's like a train or something going in a circle where it's just pushing you in one direction.
1: Correct. The water will move sideways into this big channel and flow right up to sea.
0: So why do these occur, I guess? Are are there just specific beaches or more famous for them or can they incur anywhere or?
1: Well, actually, yes, there are some beaches that are known for it because the coral on the bottom of the ocean is shaped so that the water comes in one way and flows out powerfully through its channel the other way. In California and in Florida, often as the waves move in and out over the sandy bottom of the surf zone, the sand piles up on what's called underwater mounds or sandbars. Now, these sandbars will allow water to go in but then the water will go around them to come back out. Now, these sandbars are hundreds of yards long, and in between, there's these trenches that hold the water that goes back out to sea. Thousands of gallons of water that was on the beach goes either left or right and flows out the narrow underwater trench. There's certain ways that you can tell where a riptide is, and identifying them is really important. It reminds me of a story about your grandfather. One time, he went javelina hunting. Now, javelina are these ugly sprickly little wild pigs that are all over Arizona. Now they're all over a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And uh, your grandfather went bow hunting. Well, he spent three days looking for these wild pigs. Didn't see any. On leaving Arizona, they stopped to get gas at an uh, old gas station, and a Native American was pumping the gas there. And he noticed all the hunting gear in the back of the car and stuff, and he asked, so how'd it go? How was your hunting? And your grandfather said, lousy. We didn't see any haveling anywhere. The Indian looked over his shoulder and started pointing up on the hills and said, well, I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four. Wow. And he goes, you can see javelina. How do you see them? You know, I I didn't see them before. And the Indian looks at your grandfather and says, don't look for the pig. Look for something out of place. Look for something that's not normal. And that the same thing goes for the riptide. You've got to look for something strange. And I'm going to teach you how to do that right now.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: If you sit on the beach and look out to the surf, you see waves breaking all over the place, and that's fine. But if you look outside and look at the surf, and you notice that there's no waves breaking in one area, that's because the water's deep there. Deep water is probably because there's a trench there cut by a riptide. The water's flowing out that trough right there. What it looks like. Well, typically a riptide's about as wide as a two-lane road. The water is typically a little bit choppier, it's not breaking. It's choppy. It's a different color. Typically, it's browner because all the sand is being pulled out to sea, oh. like a flowing river. It's a gap in the waves.
0: So what do you do if you're caught in this riptide area?
1: The first goal is not to panic. Just stay calm for the first few seconds and you realize, oh, my gosh, the water's pulling me out to sea, which is kind of strange. You have time. What you have to do is look around you and find out where the waves are breaking towards the shore. you got to move out of the r- rip current at an angle. you got to go sideways. Don't try to swim against the rip current. It's very strong and very powerful. You have to go sideways. As soon as you clear the rip current and move towards the waves that are breaking, the rip current's going to stop. I mean, it's going to keep on going, but you're going to be out of the current. So the number one thing you have to do is stay calm. Number two is swim parallel along the shore out of the choppy rip tide waves. As calmly as possible, swim at an angle away from the outgoing rip current. Now. If you can't get out of the rip current, relax. And typically in California and Florida, the rip currents don't go out that far. And typically they get weaker as they move offshore. And then you want to try to swim to the side again to get out of the rip current. If you can't get out of the rip current, you got to cry for help. and Try to get a lifeguard or somebody to notice you so they can go out there and get you out of the rip current. Lastly, if you see somebody in a rip current, you got to be very, very careful because they're powerful. They're stronger than the best swimmers. If you're trying to fight against a rip current, which is a mistake, you're going to get tired. So what you do is you get maybe a beach chairs that float or maybe a floating boogie board or a surfboard or anything that floats and throw it in the water. That way, as it gets carried out to sea, perhaps the person who's in the riptide can get to it. Another thing you can do is you can see the riptide in the water. You can see the person there, and you point and you tell a person, swim to the right so you have to tell them to swim their way out of the rip current and into the area where the water's not moving out to sea right there's an amazing story about acacio a man who was pulled out miles out to sea on a rip current off portugal and he lived to tell a fantastic story about treading water all night and,
0: and that was because of your whistle that he was saved
1: that's why he let me know because he had treaded water for so long and then he came up to an island that was uninhabited and he thought he'd try to blow the whistle because the whistle can be heard for so far away. And sure enough, there were some scientific researchers on the island that were studying and they decided that day, let's just spend the night on the island. And they had heard the whistle out to sea and they called in the Coast Guard. It's an amazing story. You know, I guess you could say I'm a pretty veteran water guy. I mean, I started surfing when I was eight years old, snorkeling and skin diving when I was about nine years old, and I've been doing it ever since. And it still frightens me when I see people who aren't the best swimmers in the world just running into the water, especially with small children. It is really important. You know what you're doing, and just be safe in that ocean.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Dad, for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, everyone, tune in next week. We will have another delightful topic, probably something else on summer, because that's treated us pretty well. Thanks so much, Dad.
1: Thank you.